I'm very excited to talk to you because I love clothing and I love fashion. So yay. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, me too. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I guess we'll get right into it. So um, my first question is, um, how did you become involved in costume designing? Like, what was it? What? Why did you decide to make this your career? Well, um, I, it was, uh, I mean, at the end of high school, I, um, I did decide that I liked fashion, a fashion design, and I did want to go to school for fashion design. And um, that's because I, uh, like, I sewed my whole life. My, uh, my grandmother sewed, my mother sewed, they sewed things for me. I saw the magic that happened, you know, when you said, I want this, mm-hmm. or I like this, and your mother could, you know, produce it for you. And, um they uh, they got me uh, both of them. I started sewing when I was eight years old, and uh, my mother used to give me in lieu of a clothing allowance. She would uh, she'd take me to um, Beauclair in Ottawa, and she'd say, "You can have any fabric in any patterns you want." Wow. And I'd um, and she'd let me stay home from school in high school and sew if I if I felt like making you know a pair of high waisted plaid baggies in nineteen seventy three I think um anyway I just uh I loved I loved clothes and I loved fashion and um so I went to school for fashion design and then I finished three years it was in Kingston Mm-hmm. And uh, it was a great course. It was a lot of drawing, and my teachers were were just fabulous. Um, it was very um, it was very arty, and I had the option of either going to Ryerson or Kingston, and I chose Kingston because it just had a better fit for me. And the thing is, it was a wonderful three years. We created a collection at the end of that. But then I finished, and I thought, oh, I don't know if I want to be in fashion. And I don't really know what I want to do. I think I'll just take another year off. And I, um, I went back out to Banff, Alberta, where I'd been before I'd gone to college. And um, I went back to the bars that I'd been working in before and all my friends. And I mean, it's a great place to live, right. Banff, Alberta. And, um, and uh, we used to like, have a lot of like, movies would come to town and they'd need people to, to be an extra in the movie. And so I... I would ski as an extra in the movie. Okay. And, um, we, you know, you got a good paycheck and got to know all the ADs. And, mm-hmm. and, um, and I think the movie, the first movie I skied in was called Ski Lift to Death or something. It was just a hilarious <laughs> movie. But um, anyway. Sounds, the, like uh, a, it sounds like one of those be great a, horror films. I think it, yeah, I think I'm going to try to find it again because I was telling this story recently. But um, <laughs> anyway, I... Uh, I uh, I got to know all the crew and I, you know, I just kind of made an offhand remark. I said, you know, what does a costume designer make? And um, they told me what a costume designer made back in 1980. And I just picked up, packed up and moved to Toronto wow. and um, just decided I am going to do that. I am going to be that. That is a perfect fit for me. You know, it's historical. I love, you know, anything to do with period, uh, love the future, love you know, it's just that fashion is just kind of, I mean, it is period and it is future, but yeah. it's not, not to this extent. Mm-hmm. You know, you can do a whole project for, I can do a whole project for, you know, the four years I've been on this and it's trying to dream up another look for the future. And, you know, you go into the past and you go back way, you know, way into the past sometimes to find a, 
a piece that you like that you might want to, you know, rebuild and make into something for the future. But it's very creative. So it's much more creative to me than uh, fashion. I think fashion, you're always trying to, seems to be pleasing someone else with costume design. You can... Right, and with the fashion industry, you're kind of you're making more for the masses and for something um, specific, like for a film or TV show. You're you're making specifically for those characters and to please, I guess you could say the director or and whoever. But if you're in in the fashion industry, you have to make your clothes appeal to a broad a, a broader array of people, right? Because it's mass market. Yeah, and it's a gamble. I mean, you can do a collection and it can just die. And uh, I mean, you can get fired as well from. Uh, oh yeah. Uh, film but <laughs> the thing is is that usually uh you won't and uh you can you know work with the director and everybody to get a wonderful thing on the screen and it's it's beautiful to see after too it's wonderful to see your work and it's kind of immortalized too right because you can just pl- um, plug in a dvd or in this case go and look for an online video you can go back and see what you did right yeah yeah exactly uh, and you can print cringe or you can go oh that was great <laughs> <laughs> you can like, like I, had a, I had a moment of inspiration right there <laughs> um, yeah. um so when you first started you were a wardrobe mistress and you were also a costume design um an assistant costume designer and now you're a costume designer uh, could you tell me mm-hmm. what the difference is between the three of them uh, yeah, well, when I when I first started, I was a wardrobe mistress, and now they're called set supervisors, of course. It's mm-hmm. not uh, about being male or female. But uh, back then, it was very much a, a two-person or three-person crew. Like, there might just be the costume designer and me mm-hmm. on set. And um, the, cost, the person on set, you know, be it when I did it or be it now, uh, is responsible for making sure that everybody's wearing the proper uh, costume in that scene. So they have to uh, understand and know the script, you know, really well, know what will happen, you know, in the next scene. Will she take her coat off? Will she leave her coat in this room? Mm -hmm. Does she have her coat in the next scene because she left it there? So it's all continuity and it's taking care of, you know, being clean and making sure that, you know, there's no makeup on the collar and there's no, you know, bad things hanging out. Like if it's not fitting well, all of that. So you're responsible for the final, how it looks um, to be presented to the camera and to how it's being shot, whether the shirt's, you know, done up to the top or whether it's open a little bit, mm-hmm. whether you can see the bra, you know, no, mm-hmm. whether you can see the mic, uh, no, you know, they, these are the things you look after for that. And an assistant, uh, costume designer, um, sometimes you are an assistant designer and you work very closely with the costume designer and you basically don't leave her side. You take her shopping, um, you take her to go look for fabric, uh, you drive her everywhere, especially if she's not from your city, um, Sometimes uh, an assistant costume designer will do other things like do a lot of scheduling for you and, um, you know, make sure that your fittings are all set up and that uh, all the, you know, do go through all the costume changes with you uh, and say, okay, this is how many looks we need and we need this on Monday, we need this on Wednesday. So it puts you in gives you a sort of an outline of time of how you have to organize all of this. And of course, a designer 
depending on what kind of show it is, if it's um, a show where you build everything like we do in this show with Killjoys, then I get to do a lot of research on, you know, I go onto my computer, I look at artwork, I look at pictures to inspire me for that costume. And then I will get that together um, and perhaps do some fabric shopping if I don't have fabric here. And then I work with my cutter and we get that costume ready to be fit on um, either Hannah or Luke or John, um, um, Aaron, I'm calling it by his uh, casting, <laughs> and um, it, we'll get them ready for a, a fitting. And um, my my assistant will work with me in the fitting. In the like, she sort of jumps all around it, but it depends on the show. If it's a modern day show, it's mm-hmm. a, there's yet another set of tasks that you must do. But on this particular show, we work very closely together. Mm-hmm. Right. And um, so one of the questions I wanted to ask you is about contemporary versus pure pure fashion. So, for instance, you worked on Covert Affairs, which is which was, I guess you could say, modern day um, spy kind of uh, um, drama. And the clothing was what we would call contemporary fashion. And so it was modern. It was like um, so for the the lead character, um, the lead character, she her she had, I think to me, I saw like three types of dress. So she'd be very Mm -hmm. sleek in midi length dresses with fitted jackets and her heels like she'd have like Louboutins and on. And then there'd be like her semi casual wear, which is um, jeans or leather pants and like loose shirts with like heated with like heeled boots but also yeah. I wanted to know like when because that show went to a lot of different locations like they went to Barcelona they went to Paris they went to Spain like, yeah. I, I, yeah. I watched the show right I used to watch the show so I always wondered when you have shows that travel to different locations as a costume designer when you have uh when you when the characters are going to different places do you have are you inspired by the local fashion or is it do you stick strictly to who the character is well, it depends. If they're undercover, mm-hmm. um, yes, they would assume the look of that place. Like when we were in, um, we shot in um, uh, Morocco, and uh, Piper had a kind of a, um, she had a feel like she was uh, just. It was like it was a very kind of oh, trying to remember the name of the fabric. It's like a um, a cat print, and so her her look kind of matched. She fit in where she was in the suit there. And she could, because she was undercover, she doesn't want to look like, you know, a CIA agent there. Right. So that was the thing. When we did go on location, we shot, yeah, we shot in Barcelona. We shot in uh, Vienna, uh, Copenhagen. That wasn't very different, but it depends. If they were undercover, then yes, they would assume the look, the local look, but she pretty well played her part as the CIA agent, but she was super trendy and fashionable. Like she wore, uh, she wore, you know, Gucci and Burberry and mm-hmm. just gorgeous clothes. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, we, 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 stre- we stretched it a little bit, you know, like she'd wear really, really high shoes mm-hmm. and, um, you know, then we'd have to do a stunt and, uh, you know, we'd have to swap them out and she'd wear flat shoes for the run. And then, but she did a lot of her stunts in high shoes as well. She did quite a pro. She did. I love that. Really I love the fun. fashion in that. I love the fashion in that show because it's kind of like my style. Like I like 
fitted. I like my dresses and my jackets fitted. And I I love heels. I'm sure, right? So I love high heel shoes. So yeah. I, I love the fashion for, for that show. And so when you're doing a period piece, you 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 already know can you already know what the fashion is, right? Because you, you you're yeah. you you have to fit into that to that t- particular time constraint, whether it be in the 40s or the 30s or the 50s. But how are you able to I guess you could say interject your own interpretation on on fashion that I guess because it has already pre been that has already been predetermined by mm-hmm. by the age. Yeah, I mean it's pretty well when I'm doing something. Period. I go deep down the rabbit hole of uh, research, and um, I've got uh, you know depending on the period. Uh, you know, I did I've done almost every decade in in the you know from 1910 to. 2000 mm-hmm. and you know say I'm doing something in the 30s I'll um, I've got a lot of like, books that I've collected over the years but you can find a lot of things online as well and I uh, uh, several years ago I managed to get my hands on every copy of Eaton's and Simpson's catalogs from 1910 right through the like 1970 I think at the time it was in a, in a farmer's attic and he was doing a a reno and he found all these uh, ma- uh, magazines and uh, ca- uh, catalogs. So, you know, for me, that was the best source of um, research because you can, you know, you see what kind of bra, you saw what kind of underwear, uh, you saw the fabrics, you saw the colors, um, you know, you'd be surprised because you look at things and a lot of the references is black and white if you're looking at photographs but you think oh I didn't know they wore canary yellow Mm -hmm. and so that's kind of fun they find out things like that and you know it's you know when I'm doing a period film I only buy fabrics from that period and you know I'll you'll have to fudge it sometimes because you can't get original stuff but like you don't use a polyester because it just doesn't it doesn't sew the same way you can't make it into something that will flow the same way like it Mm -hmm. just does not look the same so you really do have to stick in my opinion to working with the fabrics of the time and I mean you can cheat a little bit but you try to work with you know the fabrics that were around in that period and I've even had fabrics printed um, in 30s in the patterns of the 30s from because we can do that now and um, you know I might have a tiny little piece and I want to have enough for three dresses because I you know they might have to be a stunt or there might you might need more than one dress for an actor and you know you'll have to you want to produce maybe you know eight or ten yards of this and they can do that now which is another thing that's changed since I started in the industry um, it's like a, a magic trick. <laughs> right. Amazing. Right. Cause I know they do like there's 3d printing well, apart from like traditional fabric printing, they do 3d printing now for, for fabrics. Um, yeah. so yeah. there's been a lot of advancement in the, in tech for, for fabrics. And, okay. Yeah. And so for, for Killjoys, you've been with the show from 2015. So from since the beginning, um, was has there been any significant change that you can think of that in the aesthetics for the characters like from like would you say like for Dutch like her look has changed um throughout the seasons or has it been has it been consistent no she's well no she's pretty well been the same because um again um there the the timeline of the show actually is it's not you know four years Mm -hmm. necessarily it's like it takes place over a shorter amount of time but more than that is that she is 
it's a character in a in um in sci-fi and you have to keep your boundaries clear like this is what this character is because you've got you know 12 or 15 characters on the camera on camera and you want to say well no that's Dutch look she's wearing the same kind of thing might be a different color but that's her style Mm -hmm. and the only time I mean, we can get her out of that, of course, because she is, again, she goes on missions. So she goes on a mission and we might say, okay, we're going to go to a planet called Eulogy. And this is what we're going to base it on. We're going to base it on, you know, it's it's a cross between, you know, the Florida, you know, or Vegas and retirement place in Florida. Or like we'll pick two things and just go with that. That'll be our, our theme for it. Actually that wasn't eulogy, that was another one. But I'm I'm just trying to put that out there. Like it's you know, you try to pick um a theme. Right. And that and then she would like so we might dress her in something that looks quite forties. And then everybody that she visits at that planet has that same feel. Right. It's like you, you just walk into the forties with a bit of a space touch and um because we don't you know we don't try to avoid all buttons um mm-hmm. and we make our own closures all the time we try to avoid uh seeing like a, a fly uh, for a, a pair of jeans uh we don't use any denim um so there's certain things we try to stay away from and that is when i get to take her out of her look as dutch is when she is on a mission and she goes somewhere and the same with Johnny and they, we get to dress them all up in that look. And it's really, really fun. You know, right. you can really lean into another, another look for them, but right. you might do something totally different. And, um, yeah, so we've, every episode, you know, often has a mission and they're going somewhere to another planet or, you know, or they meet somebody on this other planet then so you get to do something at that point right and also um when you're creating looks for the characters um how closely do you work with not only the director but also the actors to determine how like what their particular look is going to be uh really closely um you know, we'll have, um, I only have maybe five days to get everything ready for an episode. It's very quick turnover. So we'll get the script. Um, we'll get, you know, we'll break it down. We'll do all the, figure out how many costume changes we need. And then talking, we have a wardrobe meeting. So I work with the director and the showrunner and we say, okay, how about if we do this? How about if we do that? So I pitch them what I think would work. And then they say, looks good. Um, you know, or we'll have a discussion about it. I might show them some pictures and, um, and then I'll build it. I'll go ahead and build that costume for our fitting. Um, so say, um, Hannah comes in or Aaron comes in or Luke comes in, um, or any of the characters or, uh, Tom Allison who plays pre, he's really fun. Um, they'll come in for their fitting and all have already started a costume and right. got it almost there. But what we'll do is we'll talk about it when we're in the fitting and they, you know, we'll say, Hey, you know what? I think this needs uh, a cape or, mm-hmm. Hey, why don't we put a skirt on here? And so I take fabric and I drape it on the character as we are in our fitting and we'll pin it on. And, um, you know, I might stick, uh, I might put some buckles on a coat and say, this would be great. We'll put this buckle. So we dress them and do things together in our quick half an hour fitting or 45 Mm -hmm. minute fitting. And then I take a picture and then I often send it to the producers just looking like that. They get it. They go, I know that, you know, it's going to fit better and it's going to, 
you know, there's going to be color or whatever. So a lot of our stuff is sort of partially made by the time we try it on them. Mm-hmm. And then we work together after that because we might just find out that morning that there's a stunt. Oh, oh, okay. Um, you can't wear a dress. Or if you do wear a dress, we're going to have to put a pair of boy shorts on. Right. Um, and, oh, that'll be part of the costume now. Let's just put that in there and put a slit up the side. And, you know, so you're constantly adapting to story, which is changing. You know, you get many, many revisions. It all happens in a timeline of maybe five or six days. Right. Um, and then you have to have everything ready, you know. And, I mean, it, it's spreads out a little bit you don't need everything ready for the first day but then you have to move on to the next script and start the next show so you're just constantly um evolving the 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 character and 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 also the character might change with the rewrite they might say uh, this character now um you know has to get shot or get shot in the arm so we might have to you know adapt again to that oh, well, we can't, um, you know, we, we can't use that fabric because it's too dark. You won't be able to see the blood. Right. You know, the director wants something lighter so that you can see that the person was shot. And so there's things like that that are always coming up. But we love that um, challenge of just saying, oh, okay. Well, I guess, yeah, I guess, I guess it kind of, um, well, you, with you saying that kind of, um, makes me think that for costuming, like, I guess we, as viewers and audiences, we never really consider just not only how much work goes into creating the, the, the costumes, but how adaptable you, the, the department has to be, because as you said, like you, you, you create the costume for one, for one scene, but then for instance, I guess in testing or if they decide, okay, we're going to change up the scene a little bit, you realize the costume that you made or, um, the, the mock-up yeah. you have won't work. So then you have to like adapt it and you have to do it quick because the student schedules are pretty quick. Right. Yeah. Or they just say, we're going to do a stunt now Yeah, and this person's going to fall off a building. And so we need, um, we need two more. She's going to fall into a bucket of water. Okay, we need three more. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, so then you go, okay, do we have enough fabric? No, we don't. Can we get any more of that fabric? No. Okay, let's buy new <laughs> fabric. So it's just like, you know, that's what you're doing all the time. But it's fun. Right. And uh, I've got such a, a great, uh, I've got an amazing crew and great cutter and sewer and decorator and I, like assistant designer. Everybody's fantastic in the in the department and they're all of the same feel like everybody just goes oh well okay we're gonna change course let's do this now and nobody gets too uptight about it right and so like that kind of leads into one of my questions so for um for dutch and anila played by um they're two separate characters played by the same actress right and they Mm. have their and they have their very own distinct aesthetic for instance like for dutch i know a lot of her look is dark leather and um is dark leather right whereas for anila i realized a lot of her look is like suede and knee-high boots and she wore Mm. fur coats when there's winter scenes um when you have two characters like that played by the same actress is there like any a particular challenge in trying to make sure that they're distinct and there's like no discernible similarities between the costumes no we got we do have to keep them very different and um anila um who well thought a lot about this when anila was introduced um she's uh she's she was introduced as as evil Mm -hmm. and um 
So I thought, okay, that'd be really cool. We're going to put her in white. Right. And um, Dutch, she was, you know, wears a bit of black, but she's also wears a lot of color, mm-hmm. uh, like all jewel tones, cobalt blue and jade green and magenta. And like, those colors are all so beautiful on her. So, you know, we keep the color on Dutch and um, and she's always uh, like as, a, as an opposite to uh, when she plays with Anila. Right. And um, I really rely on hair and makeup, of course. Uh, they do um, an amazing job to keep that. Like you see, oh, that's a different hairstyle. Dutch never wears that hairstyle. Dutch doesn't do that makeup, you know. So that that helps too. They're a, an integral part of my look, and um, you know, we we collaborate on that um, for putting the, the, you know, especially when we see a challenge like that. Um, like she's. Uh, and, and also, because we can take Dutch to like on a mission, her costume, her shapes are different. Like she'll have a different jacket on or she'll have something um, like she'll have a, a dress on for something. Whereas Anila is a commander on the ship and she basically has that uniform look right. and, you know, stayed in that uniform look unless we had her doing something sexy with Bella. Mm-hmm. And like then she'd be in a robe or when she was getting into the green and she'd slip off a robe. And so she was she had her her silhouette and we didn't change that very much. Right. Okay. That's changed quite a bit. Yeah. Right. And so you mentioned um, hair and makeup. So there's another character apart from um from Dutch that does wear a lot of color. So, well, you have the, you have the people at the Karachis, they wear like a lot of colors and they wear like silks. But um, in the main cast, we have Pre. And I've noticed um, there, there's been a slight change in, in his um, hair and makeup and in his costumes. Like when the show first started, he had, he had like a lot of um, face paint and it would be mirrored in the, in the, in the costumes. But for this yeah. season, there's been, um, there, like he's been wearing like I guess I'm not, I, I guess it would say hair pieces, but he's bald, so it's not necessarily hair pieces. Yeah, he'd wear he like adornments on, on his head. Well, it was that was an altered reality. Um, there, that was when they were they were it was sort of like a, a fantasy. Like you're you're led to believe that something different was happening, right. and he plays a killjoy there. His character is very different uh, in that uh, episode too. It's really um, it'll be really interesting to watch to see his him. Uh, like you see a changing character, which is quite remarkable. Is this so season his, five? His look changed. Yeah, yeah, that's changed. that's season five. No, they, you know, I mean, pre kind of when he started in season one, he was, you know, this carefree soul in the bar. You didn't know much about him, mm-hmm. but then you got to know him, and you got to go on journeys with him and you found out that he was a warlord and right. that he left that life and you know you found out that he's got all these other talents that no one ever saw so his his, his character became a little harder right. and we dressed him like for some times we dressed him a little bit tougher um, when he became that warlord we did really long jackets and um, but I, I, I most of my men in the series are are in skirts and that was sort of a decision I made, um, you know, quite a while ago to leave, put the men more in skirts. And that came from, um, my fitting with Rob Stewart. He plays Klein. Right. And, uh, we, you know, it was, uh, in the beginning we had long fittings with these guys who tried to find their character, but him being a, a Scotsman, he walked in and I just, we started, you know, playing around with clothes mm-hmm. and he put on, put on jeans and then he put on, 
or put on like a pair of pants, put on a vest, and I mean he was kind of um, a very sleek character with a long, a long jacket, like sort of you know knee length jacket. And then I looked at him and I thought I'm gonna try something like a skirt on this guy. And as soon as you put it on him, and it was just like a half skirt, it opens in the front. It was like, oh, there's your character. That's it. Perfect. He just loved it. And after that, you know, I decided that men in the future can wear skirts with their pants. You can add that element to it. So Pre wears this very long um, kind of skirt, mm-hmm. kilt kind of thing with buckles on it. And right. we always put a flash of color in the with pleats, pleated silk. And, um, yeah, like so his character went from that wearing those skirts to like a shorter version of a skirt the long jacket when he became tougher plus we're shooting winter and summer mm-hmm. so you know this in the winter time you got to layer them up with so many layers to shoot outside that it looks like a different costume you have to take that into effect right and you know the sleekness that you want might have to give it up a little bit because you're outside shooting and you know minus 30 degrees um so that was that's a challenge too is doing and going from winter to summer we started in the winter and now we're into the summer so it was taking their killjoys jackets and saying you guys can't shoot in long sleeves you know leather outside this summer it's been so hot so we just locked off the sleeves off of everything and everybody wore vests with t-shirts instead um a killjoy you know vest but just always adapting always adapting in that way and um you know, that's a that's the fun thing. It's trying to figure out how to make it different over four five seasons. Yeah, you I think you've done an amazing job. And I like the fact that you mentioned this the skirts um aspect of the men's um costume. Like that's a that's one thing I've always loved because as you mentioned Australia Scott and like they wear kilts, but also there's yeah. a lot of other different um ethnic cultures that wear like you would almost say skirts, like for in the in the Pacific Islands, you have oh yeah the Masa um the Maori they wear like sarongs, and then in in, yeah. in Africa you have you have different tribes that wear like um like their own version of um wraps and skirts, and like the Maasai they wear like full full body wraps, right? And also yeah. um in, and it's so beautiful. It is. Like, I think we're, so, I mean, we're so, so limited here in North America. It's it is. Crazy. Like, everything is always pants. <laughs> Yeah, I know. And like, as soon as you put those skirts on a guy, you go, wow, you look great. Like, I love this look. And, uh, you know, we did, and we did sarongs on, on Tom too, in the beginning. And, uh, it just, it just worked so well. And, and I, I love it because an actor that, you know, was just working as a, on it as a day player might come in and we'll start dressing him and, you know, then we'll get to the skirt part and we'll put it on and, and they're kind of going like, oh, that's interesting. You know? right, but and then they go, wow, I like this. <laughs> but but it is, it's to me, I just think is is it adds something to the to the costumes because as you said, it's like in 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 other shows, like everything is always pants. So that's something that also differentiates Killjoys from like I was I guess you would say from other sci fi shows, right? Because this mm. is um a standard part of their their attire and it, it it kind of almost has like a tactical um element to it because like even for the like samurai if you look at samurai their their part of their tactical um uniforms is like you have these long plates that come down to their knees and it's like it as protection so if you have a leather skirt that's added protection or that's, that's the way i see it yeah yeah 
It's super, and it's really, uh, you know, and the actor then, they, I mean, they walk on set and they're, they, they really feel it. They kind of just, you know, I mean, they've said to me, like, I love this. This mm-hmm. makes me feel like this character. And I didn't know what this character was when I came in, but now I do. Right. You know, and that's, that's part of my job too, is right. to kind of take that journey with the actor. Mm. So um, I know you have to go soon. So I have a couple more questions. So one of my uh, questions is, as a costume designer, is there any particular article of clothing that you think is essential for any wardrobe? And what would it be? Mm. Mm. Well, I've always been a shoe and boot girl. Mm -hmm. I love love my shoes and my boots because I feel like, and sometimes when I design a costume, I start with the footwear, believe it or not. But... I would like to decide whether it's heels or butts, but I, I don't know. It's tricky. I, I think it's, I think it might be shoes and boots, but I also kind of, I have like, like I tend towards a kind of a more of a rock and roll feel for my own look. I like that look. So, I mean, a great jacket is very important. Mm-hmm. Um, but um, the beautiful Hermes scarf can save the day for me. And um, I'm, I'm into scarves. Yeah. Yeah. Scarves and boots. Scarves I don't know. Boots. I think those three things. But you, you got to have a good jacket, and you got to have a nice scarf, and you got to have a great pair of boots. Right. I'm almost the same. For me, it's either a nice leather jacket or a nice blazer. Like can really like either dress up or dress down outfit. Like, if you want to go from casual to like say business meeting, I'm always like the blazer. And I'm the kind of person I would wear like a dra- a fancy ball gown with a leather jacket. <laughs> That's me. Yeah. <laughs> that sounds good. And, and he, I know like, it's right? really. <laughs> yeah, and and like I love me a pair of heels. My friends think there's a I have a problem, but I don't care. I love heels. And um, I know. <laughs> and, and it's for, just so nice to dress up, isn't it? It is right, and it makes you feel special. Like, come on. Um, and is and as someone who has designed costumes from like basically from almost every any every era from the early 1900s is there one particular um decade or era that is your favorite and that you like designing costumes for oh i like um i really like uh like 1917 18 i love i love that period um when the dresses sort of everything got off the ground yes um and wasn't being dragged in the mud uh because then you could see the footwear. Uh, I love thirties. Um, I think that's a beautiful period. I think maybe that the thirties and the in the teens, the right. late teens, I really like. And I've done a lot of stuff in those periods, so I know it, right. you know, quite well. But um, I also love the fifties and. Uh, Oh, yeah. And then the 60s, well, I grew up in that period, so I, I like that a lot, too. <laughs> I think those are some of the best um, eras for fashion because in the, like, let me see, so, like, the 20, between the early teens and the 1930s, you had, like, the ragtime era, so, like, we had, like, a lot of bling, a lot of the dresses were fringed, and you had the little hats, and, and, the, and that's when heels were starting to come in, right, because you had the little kitten heels and then the buckles and everything, so I kind of like those, but I'm kind of partial to the 50 for clothes because I like full skirts. And, yeah. and and pockets so mm-hmm. <laughs> a dress yeah. with a pocket it was like I think to me is like the perfect invention um so yeah I kind of agree with you I kind of like those I like I like those eras too 
Yeah, well, Prada did that a lot. I've got a lot of that style of dress too. I love that dress. It's right. that kind of full full skirt with that, you know, very simple top. Right. And um, but then there's the seventies, which are pretty fun too. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. do you like that? Well, yeah, you have the bell bottoms and you have those. You have those big clunky shoes. Oh my gosh, those shoes were horrible. Um. Yeah, I actually kept a couple of pairs of those. I've still got them in my stock, <laughs> and they're. I've got a boys' pair and I've got a girls' pair, and they've got a platforms on them about three inches. They're just hilarious. <laughs> um, okay, so now, so now that um, you've done the final season of Killjoys, and I know we're going to have a new character called the Lady. We're finally going to get to see the lady it's been hinting at for the last four seasons so uh how much fun did you have creating a costume for this character that no one has seen like you knew who she was going to be and you you knew like what she would like what she was what she would look like and you had an idea but how much fun did you have creating this character and because we're going to be completely surprised by her like this is someone that we, we've never seen and met so i yeah. i'm assuming she's going to be completely different her costume is going to be completely different to anything we've seen before Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's like it was. Well, yes, it is. You, I don't think you'll have seen this anywhere. Um, it took me a little bit of time to work on this, um, mostly um, to find the right fabric and um, the right feel uh, for that. There was, um, I mean, you have to kind of create a little bit of a story of why this person is wearing this. It can't just be oh, because uh, we like it, or it's a nice, you know a nice shape or it's a nice color it's got to be you know why okay so i the fabric i chose had a little bit of a a reptile feel to it and because she's cold-blooded and and she's you know she's so uh, she doesn't seem to have a heart at all that was kind of where i started so the fabric has that kind of a feel to it. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the color is neutral so that you can't really, like you don't really know what's going to happen with her. She's, she seems crazy. You don't know whether she's <laughs> going to annihilate everyone or whether she's going to, you know, be kind at this point. So yeah. that's, there's, there's all neutrality in the color. Ah, and, I personally don't and the shape, <laughs> Yeah. And the shape is just, um, it's almost like a, like, it's like a tube, like there's no limbs. It, it, she's otherworldly. Mm. And, and it's to feel when we, when we talked about the character early on, we talked about her. It's almost like she moves and you don't, there's no feet involved. Like she doesn't walk and stomp, stomp. She kind of glides across the floor. So it was thinking about those three elements and trying to find something that worked. Her. And then the actress herself has got an amazing face. And when she put it on her fitting, uh, we just thought, oh, wow, she's kind of, she's creepy. And <laughs> that's good. You know, it felt right. And um, majestic and creepy. That was her, the two words to describe her. Hmm. That, that's interesting because I, I can't wait to see what the costume like fully looks like, especially on screen, because um, this is the one character that I've been really, really looking forward to because not only because she she kind of 
symbolizes the end of this of the series, which I I can't yeah. bear to think about. But also because we've been talking about her, <laughs> I know, right? Like we've been, we've yeah. been talking about her for like well the last three seasons, but. It's yeah. also because like she's a character that is, I guess you would say the antithesis, the antithesis of of Dutch and Anila and all the characters that we've met before, right? She's their ultimate nemesis. So is LB is is um, I'm looking forward to seeing like what her costume represents about as you described her but then to see it on screen I think would be like um something mm-hmm. different and something new. So I'm really looking forward to that. Well, you have to let me know what you think. I definitely will because this character, I'm like, I can't. <laughs> this, I, like you said, she's neutral. I'm like, I don't trust her. I don't care. I don't care what color she's wearing. I don't trust her. Um, yeah. Um. So That's now that the, yeah, now that the shows um is like, I guess it's finished filming. No, you, you are you, you. Yep. Yeah. We're in the last three days. Uh, uh, well, this is our last day. Today is our last. Day. Oh, is it? Oh, so I caught you right yeah. on time then. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That was. Uh, yeah, we're there. All the actors are going home, and uh, we're saying our goodbyes, and it's very emotional. And mm. you know, we've been together for we've been together for four years, and uh, it's five seasons, but we shot four and five this year. Yeah, but um, you know, we've we've become very close, and we're a close family. And that's what happens when you do a series like this. You uh, you know, you just uh, I mean, I I was very happy to have been on a series for the entire time. That's that's really fun uh, to see it from beginning to end. And, yeah. And uh, it's been very, very satisfying for me. And uh, I've made some great friends and, and that's always good too. It is. And so what's next for you, Tricia? A holiday. <laughs> um, I'm uh, yeah, I'm just going to, uh, I'm going to chill for a little bit. Uh, and um, see what comes my way. Uh, there's a few things in the air, but uh, you know whether they materialize into anything. We all we all audition for our our uh, you know parts as a costume designer. We, uh, you know, myself and my peers, we all have to you know go in and do our song and dance and hope that we get it if we want it. Oh. But um, right now, I have nothing planned, and uh, I will probably try to do something and get up to my my cabin in the woods for a little while oh i i did not know that costume designers had to i guess you could say as you said audition yep i did not know that well it's i call it an audition because i've got a lot of actor friends and they always complain about having to audition and like shouldn't somebody you know understand that this is my work and they should see me and know me and they i shouldn't have to read and i say well i have to you know i i still have to go in and meet a producer or have to do a skype interview sometimes which is dreadful they're hardly you know can show your what you're worth on uh, a skype interview and uh you know sometimes i mean i interviewed for this job four years ago and at a you know boardroom table with four executive uh, producers there and uh, it was great. You know, I walked in and gave them my spiel and talked about each character. And and uh, I got the job. And I I just loved these ladies so much. Um, I've enjoyed working with Michelle and Karen and Adam and Stefan. And it just, it's been an amazing, amazing show to work on and to develop all these people together you know, the characters, but yeah, I have to, I have to, you know, if I do go for a job interview, I have to get prepared and read the script and 
do my homework and uh, understand the period or, or the style or, you know, try to figure out what they want to see and give them uh, uh, an idea that you can do it. Mm, okay. Um, yeah. Well, thank you so much for talking to me, Trisha. I really appreciate this, especially on your last day on set. I did not know, so I really appreciate this. <laughs> That's okay. Right. It was nice chatting you, to you too. I'm glad you're so interested in it. Oh no, I I love talking to like people involved in the industry and just like learning about how you guys go about doing everything that you do because it's not easy. When once it looks gets on screen, it looks easy, and we just enjoy it from for almost like at face value. But we sometimes we even me as someone who who likes to take an interest in it forget how much work goes into like creating every little detail right and mm-hmm. and costuming yeah. is an important part because that's what helps build a character it's not only the acting but like the, you give us the visual representation of the character so that's just mm-hmm. as important I'm good I'm glad you enjoy it yes I do so thank you so much and I can't wait to see what you do next and I will definitely let you know what I think about the lady and her slithering ways <laughs> <laughs> good enough okay thank you so much bye bye bye